Hey, it's Travis. We had such an overwhelming, excited, lovely response to the bonus episodes we released over the summer break that we're going to start releasing all of the old bonus episodes to the public. Now, these episodes weren't really designed with a mid-roll ad break in mind like our normal episodes are, so just like during summer break, these episodes are gonna have a sudden ad break at what feels like a random point in the middle. If you want to hear these episodes clean and months early, consider becoming a patron. Five bucks a month gets you early access and ad-free bonus and regular episodes, and you get that month's bonus episode postcard mailed to you for free. Well, not free, I guess. It's part of the five bucks, but you get all that other stuff, too. Even more goodies on the higher tiers, so check us out at patreon.com slash the hotel. Check the episode description for a link. If you're a fan of the hotel, don't want any hassle, don't want any ads, like our art and want to help support the show and our community artists, now is a good time to join, hint, just in time for October, hint, we've got a couple of tricks and treats in store, so sign up today. Thanks for listening, and enjoy The Neighborhood. No, no, no. You're still not working together. Oh, it's much worse than I thought down here. Do you see the problems? I mean, I don't really have to walk you through this, do I? I don't want to sound harsh. I know there's always a few bumps on the road, especially at the beginning, but really, the guest is dead, I grant you, but look at this. Look, frozen dead before the ice had even finished covering him up. Or is this... Oh, wait. He's not frozen. He's suffocated. Oh, oh. The ice must have crushed him, squoze to death. What's the point, then, of the cold and all the snow? Okay, so I made it snow, but... What's ice without snow? Where's the lobby boy? I don't even know where he went. He just left? He's downstairs, isn't he? Rotting away with the manager. He should stay on hand to make sure the rooms operate smoothly. Don't you think? Of course you do. I know this is more art than science sometimes, but this is knucklehead stuff. Okay. It's okay. I need to clear my head. You may go. Go finish rotting with the others. This isn't going exactly the way I thought it would. Is it me? Am I? No, no, of course not. How silly. It's them. I need to get them on the same page. Before I start rewriting the whole book, they need a readjustment. They need a little... Warming up, a little snapping out of it, a little team-building exercise. I leave them behind for the moment. I need to prepare. It won't take long. Somewhere deep within the noise and waste burning on the fringes of madness is a street that dead ends. A nice street, if you like suburbia. A string of houses identical but different manicured lawns and locked doors. A community of people who all mind their own business and 
I'd mind a friendly wave as you check the mail. You think hotels are a dirty business. You should see how many backyards have bodies buried in them. <laughs> they work so hard for their little cardboard castles with their pavement moats and indignation. I think they think it keeps them safe and happy. It keeps them all right. Keeps them backed into a corner hanging on by a thread. Hidden on the mantle, alone together. With barely more than a wink and a thought, the string of houses pop out of the haze. I spread out and relax a little. Stretching my, well, not my legs exactly, but I enjoy taking their shapes. It's different. Variety, the spice of life, babes, write that down. I say variety, but it's hardly that. The houses are all white, two stories, big lawns, you've seen them. You kind of have to get into the charm of the charmlessness of it, but at least it's quiet. For now, I shuffle the deck and start dealing the cards, queen, king, jack, and you know what I deal myself into? Wild card! A good leader leads, I can roll up my sleeves and take care of a guest with the best of them. Each house has its own guests and challenges. I want to see how the staff works simultaneously. See how they make their sausage. And in the space of a breath, they are here. Waiting to begin. The manager first, of course. She is the phantom in the walls. She is a beast. She is a pepper tree. She is the thunder. She is what you fear. And she is real. Her house is aggressively sharp. And you can't quite tell which is the front and which is the side. Save for the front door and garages. Pointed right at the quiet little street with its bushy little trees. I think she'd like it, but you never know with her. It's big at least, lots of bedrooms to hide in, lots of bathrooms to fill with nightmares. And it even looks like there's going to be a swimming pool out back. Well, that's the plan anyway. The family just moved in, but they do not know this house is already occupied. She's in there now, not quite dormant, not quite waiting, but all the time present and growing, filling the fishbowl, I call it. You know, you move into a bigger place, you start finding crap to fill it with. <laughs> you should see some of the skeletons I have in my endless closets. I whisper to her. I tell her about the house. I tell her about herself. I tell her about all the people who have died here, right on this spot, and how angry they all are. The lawn was fertilized with bodies and watered with rot. She can't just watch them go on with their lives, this new family. She can't watch them tuck their children into their Eat their little breakfast, worry about their silly little commutes. Not while she has to stand trapped and furious. She wants them out, I tell her. She needs them out. She 
is the ghostly chorus that cries out, that lashes out, and when she gathers, she will be like the swarm, like the thunder, and before the end, the family will see the horrors their house is built on, made flesh. Something simple. Next, for the lobby boy, call it a starter home. Something square and basic. Two stories, but flat. I put some bars on the windows to keep everyone inside. A not-so-happy couple and a teenager. Teenagers always know all the best urban legends. You ever notice that? Vivid and alive entirely in their own minds, of course, but... That's where we all spend the most time, so I don't blame her for not sleeping well. Imagining a killer bursting into your room doesn't make it a reality any more than a brave face will stop the knives from slashing you open. But there's more to life than alive or dead. Don't be so binary. Fear will chew them up and spit them out. Fear can burn them away until all that's left is pain and life. Fear is what holds it all together, dearies. And this one comes front-loaded with terror and a coffee pot. It'll be easier for him to wait for them to fall asleep. That coffee is just for show at this point. And then he can step in, well, just play a bit, really get the swing of it. Just next door, in fact, the manager is sending chairs and plates flying across the kitchen, whispering lies in the night while the children sleep. I think I can even hear something growling in the closet upstairs. She slices away at their happy little life until it becomes misshapen and awkwardly scrapes against them. She takes their sleep, their trust, even the small innocent joys of childhood are weaponized. They soon understand it's not the house they need to fear, but something within it. Something that tears at it. Something that is bubbling up to drown them in the mud. They try to ignore it, of course. Refuse it, quiet it down, sweep it under the rug. <laughs> You're gonna need more than a Roomba, darlings. This spot stains deep. Hey, this is Travis with a brief ad break. Thanks for listening. Now back to the hotel. Now, the owner, he needs something, mm, not simple, but basic, something straightforward, let's call it. I don't want him underperforming because he doesn't want to look silly or some nonsense. I give him a simple, chunky house, not unlike the lobby boys next door, but even plainer. A porch and some windows. Nothing flashing. Inside, a young woman waits for some kids to get dropped off. Oh, she'll be waiting for quite a while. <laughs> or she would anyway. But outside, a man is waiting too. And watching. Watching her make popcorn and talk on the phone while the wind blows dead leaves across his feet. All he has to do is cut the power 
And before she even has time to trip over the coffee table, he'll be inside with her. She'll hear his heavy, foggy breathing before she sees him. If she sees him, he can be very determined when he wants to be. Two houses down, bright flashes of light pop and burn through the windows on the first and second stories. One of the children ran to hide in a closet and vanished. But now every time anyone turns the light on, they can hear him screaming until they turn it off. His parents are too busy blaming themselves, blaming each other, to notice the whispering in the dark has gotten louder. The teenager next door has finally fallen asleep. Poor thing. She was so tired. I prop her little mind open a hair, and the lobby boy builds something hot there, something dark, a little maze, much smaller than the girl thinks it is. She bumps into walls and struggles around the same corners over and over while he follows. His eyes glow in the dark, and... Something green oozes from unexplained wounds all over his body. Is that a little smile I see? I stack my hands, tall and wide, pointy on top and wood banisters on all the stairs. No parents, just the beginnings of a weekend party. And the backyard has something really special beneath it. If the kitties aren't careful, they might want over a spot where the ground crumbles away under their feet. No phantoms here. Here the beasts crawl from the dark and eat you alive. Here the storm is inside the house. I wait for a couple of them to wander out back for some stargazing or whatever, and then I give the ground a little oomph, and it takes them both. They fall much farther than they expect before landing in a series of dirty tunnels. They didn't fall so far down that the moonlight doesn't follow, though. It catches on a pair of little blue eyes without pupils. Something very small waddles closer, murping and grunting softly. Another pair of eyes peeks around a dark corner, more grunts and chirps, and soon there's half a dozen of the little squashy guys. The kids cling to each other to keep the fear in line. But when the fleshy little somethings with the blue eyes scuttle over and start biting them with teeth like sewer rats, well... <laughs> They can't stop themselves from climbing over one another trying to escape back up. It doesn't take long for them both to get dragged away while they desperately clutch handfuls of dirt in the darkness. If only they knew what was going on inside the house already, they might not be so eager to leave the pit. I am big enough to admit it. I got a little excited and really hit the gas. Inside one of the bedrooms, someone is fighting for their life with a rotted corpse of her best friend. Anyone who tries to use the phone gets an earful of fire and don't even think about the front door kids. It'll snap shut and chop your arm clean off and I'm just getting started. Three houses down, though, it looks like the manager is already wrapping up... The house is roaring, and everyone inside is screaming. Wads of gore hang off the walls, and 
every bathroom is bloody. Oh, bravo. Something white and violent rumbles through the second story on legs like stalks. The family tries to get out the front door, but when they open it, light blasts them back into the chaos with a ripping sound like tree trunks. The house cracks then crumbles, imploding in on itself to a single point of light, squeezing blood like a juicer onto the lawn. With nowhere else to go, I just slip her into the neighboring house. The lobby boy is going to work on the parents there now. He's got them pressed into the walls. Their screaming faces twist the plaster until it flakes off like snow. Their daughter is pressed tight in her maze, burning in the dark, just a bedroom away. And right next door, the owner is hunting his babysitter. He stops from room to room with heavy but even footsteps. She's crying and limping away. She's got moxie, though. He's already been stabbed twice, and she even managed to get upstairs. You're out of options, dear, but good for you. Things are really getting wild in my house, though. I've got eyes sprouting from just about everywhere on this one guy, and he is really (laughs) losing. (sighs) He keeps trying to poke them out, but for every new bloody hole he puts in himself, I just add a new one to his shoulder or his palm. The house is full of those awful little things from the backyard now. Dozens of them in each room or just chasing everyone around the halls. They really are the The life of the party. (laughs) Deep in their slumber down the lane, a young girl screams when she dies in her dreams so loudly her parents can hear it in there. They try to run on sludgy legs through the house to find her or escape him, whichever comes first. It's neither, of course. The manager finds them. I guess he didn't tuck her quite away enough. And now they've come face to face with a new horror, and I mean that literally. Her own face, filling the hallway and covered in blood, chews its way toward them. She's growling and snarling. I know know they they think think it's a part of the nightmare, but I am trying to make a staff assessment here, and she's wrecking the curve. The lobby boy is on the other end of the hall, face now as big and bloody as hers, chewing up the carpet. It's nice to see them working together, at least. The parents are screaming and crying, and the hallway seems to keep getting longer. He's catching up. Next door, the owner has got his girl cornered in the upstairs bathroom. I give him my full attention. He's going in for the kill with a phone cord, and I don't want to miss this. He gets it around her neck, but she's a fighter. They throw themselves all over the room, and she's kicking so hard. He can't keep his balance. He's dragging her across the wall, grunting silently. The entire house is rocked when the giant faces of the manager and the lobby boy burst into the bedroom, gnashing their teeth. Ah, I must have brought them over here without thinking. The owner gets knocked right out the window. Luckily, he still has the landline in his hands, and he dangles there while the babysitter struggles and strangles, stuck on the window frame above. The last thing she sees are the staff's snarling faces, and she goes limp, sliding out the window without a sound. 
I pull the owner away before he hits the ground and try to find a spot for all three of them in my house. While I was watching them, though, those wretched little goblins have run amok. Half the party is dead and the other half is running in circles. It's a mess. Before you know it, the owner is stomping up the stairs, chasing teenagers with an knife he got from who knows where. The manager and the lobby boy are snaking their way through the upstairs bedrooms, taking guests and goblins alike. Things are getting a little out of hand. I poke myself up, just a little bit, through the middle of the house. Higher and higher, growling and roaring as the wind starts ripping the house down around me. Bodies fall into the earth as it opens beneath me, and soon I tower over the cul-de-sac. My staff continues their rampage, looking for any signs of life they can sniff out, even now, rooting through the wreckage and the storm. Okay, I've seen enough. I... Blow it away. And in an instant, there is nothing again. Just me. And my thoughts. That got away from me a little. This is why these team-building exercises have to be done individually. I'll have to think about this for next time. Till then, though, key is under the mat. 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 Is under the The hotel was created and produced by Travis McMaster and Mark Witten, starring Kelly Ninaltowski as the manager, Mark Witten as the lobby boy. Graham Rowett as the owner, and Krista Lewis. Music by Lauren Picorni, West Rodri, and special guest composer Zach Tatum Drake. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. 